teaching cannabis business owners how to effectively manage all aspects of their business, increase profits, and get results. Welcome to Cannabis Solutions, presented by PayQuick. Our expert host coaches you on the do's and don'ts of running your cannabis business with insight, advice, and war stories from the trenches from established leaders in the cannabis industry. Now, the host of Cannabis Solutions, here with the answers to make your cannabis business thrive, Kenneth Burke. Hi there. Welcome to Cannabis Solutions, presented by PayQuick. I'm Kenneth Burke, and today we are really lucky to be joined by Francis Prisnar of the Artview Group, otherwise known as, uh, Francis is otherwise known as the Yoda of uh, cannabis investing. So Francis, welcome to the show. Really excited to have you. Oh, thank you. I, I maybe as a competitive person could be more excited than you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So we've got, because we're dealing with um, investments and, and folks making investments and the thoughts about that involved in cannabis businesses, Francis does need to provide us with a couple of disclaimers for the lawyers out there. So Francis, uh, please go ahead. Thanks, Ken. I want to be as open and transparent and, and as helpful as I can with my answer. So Here's the deal. Nothing I say should be considered financial, legal, or investment advice. Okay, this is just my opinion and not those of ArcView. I'm also going to share my, my opinion, my thoughts, based on my collective experience here now having mentored hundreds of companies in cannabis in collaboration with my colleague, especially a guy named Louis Hahn at uh, the ArcView Group. And finally, Anyway, this is the plug for RQ. Anyone interested in raising funds or learning about participating in an exciting investment group focused on the cannabis industry is encouraged to contact the RQ group for a free screening consultation. Everyone who does that, they enjoys it, they feel like they benefit, and it's free. So why not? Thank you. I'll tell you, free is always within my budget, I have found. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's get started. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking of starting a cannabis business, right? And I know I'm going to need to raise some money from investors. You know, what do I do? What do I prepare? How do I get started with that? Okay, let me give you, Ken, I'm going to try to give you short, punchy answers. There's a lot of information available. But the same thing is going to come back time and time again. What you do for cannabis is exactly the same you do for any other business, except for a couple of things that make it different. That's, for example, the legal issue. So let's talk about what do you need. Everybody talks about business plans and that they are a great exercise. And I'm always impressed with people that have them. But business plans are an evolving living document. And that means you're going to be constantly working on them. If you're like hot and eager to go, you need to put some thought into that business plan. But at a bare minimum, if you're going to be talking to investors, you better have these things, a pitch, a term sheet, and some investment documents. All right, so let's, let's talk about that for a second because, uh, you know, the business plan, um, there's certainly lots of them available on the Internet. And they, they're divided into different sections. So I don't want to go into a lot of detail um, right. about the business plan. Up and, and so you got a marketing section, you got a total addressable market section, you know, and all those different sections. And that's pretty much readily available if you just Google, you know, business plans. But I hear mm-hmm. you said the term pitch deck. So can you share for our listeners what a pitch deck is? Sure. A pitch deck is, um, again, Again, if you go to the internet, you'll find outlines for these. And anyone who's interested in a standard pitch deck for the cannabis industry can contact the RQ group and get a template because we can help with something like that. Basically, it's the, 
the deck that allows you to tell your story in a compelling way to investors without a lot of fluff. Okay, so, so ba- basically, at- well, I said basically broken down as I've seen them. You know, it's typically a PowerPoint presentation, and it's a series mm-hmm. of slides that you create in a PowerPoint presentation. And the and the fancy word for that is your pitch deck. Is that right? That's true. That's true. And if you go on the internet, or if you go to my, I, you know, my stuff, that's not that's not a <laughs> that's not a website. Mystuff.com. That would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> if you look at my stuff that's on the internet, you'll see that there's eleven. <laughs> you're gonna make me laugh. There's eleven essential elements for a standard pitch deck, but you don't need to have them all. But you need this is a good template, a place to get started. That put some structure into your deal, especially if you don't have a business plan. It'll, it'll tell you the kinds of things that investors feel like must be addressed in order to understand the deal. Okay, and then I think the last thing I want to talk about with respect to preparing materials is your financial projections. Sometimes some folks call it as a model, and it can be, you know, they can get incredibly detailed. They're, they're usually done in, or I think always done in Excel. Um, so it's mm-hmm. a, a pretty complicated Excel spreadsheet or workbook, if you will, with multiple you know tabs along the bottom. So you can can you talk a little bit about what a new invest what a new business should put together in terms of financial projections and their their model? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ken. Um, I just want to make a clarification because you said new business, and so there's four steps or four different stages of a business today in cannabis that looks for investment. One is the idea, it's pre-revenue. It's like, hey, I got a great idea. I need some capital to get this going. Number two would be the prototype. Number three, you've got a beta. You're ready to test the market. You've got enough products to test it. And then finally, number four is what we call the expansion stage. That is, you're off and running, you're making money, you need capital to expand. The documentation and what you need to provide investors at each of those four different stages is different. Got it. The further Makes sense. advanced you are, the more documentation you need. And so, I mean, each of those is a separate presentation. I just want to leave you with the impression that the more you need, the more you got, the more you're going to have to provide in the way of documentation. I hope that's helpful. Okay. And in terms of um, the model or the, the financial projections, um, are there resources out there? where somebody can get started and kind of see what it looks like, what would you, what would your recommendation be there? Oh, gee, yeah, there are, there are so many, um, but you don't actually, now that I think about it, if you, if you're ready to launch a business to put together a spreadsheet on your financial projections, because in order to get investors interested, you're, you're talking about getting them interested. Okay. This is the main point of a pitch deck to get the conversation get people engaged in talking to you. You should be able to project revenue, just gross revenue, and that's a simple chart. I don't mm-hmm. like to see spreadsheets, honestly. But on the other hand, every, every, every pitch deck I look at has the hockey stick graph, and we all know that's not always going to happen. Although I right, like for our listeners, the, the hockey stick graph is a is just shows ever in, very increasing revenue. So imagine you know an x and a y axis, and revenue projections start low and and head almost straight up in the air, forming a hockey stick. So so folks know what what he's what you're talking about when it comes to that. All right, so that sounds like that's really a little bit less important for your perspective um, when evaluating potential investments. 
Yes, that's that's true. When I when I think of exciting pitch decks or ideas, I think of the classic ones that were presented by Uber. It was not a cannabis deal, but they had a very simple chart. And on one page, they had this. There's a there are a lot of people who want to go places. On this one side of the slide, on the other side, they said there are a lot of cars going a lot of places with empty seats. Our business is to connect the two. Interesting. So, powerful. I mean. Do you want to see it? All you need to know is like there's millions and millions of these things of opportunities. And it turns out to be, well, what is this? Is this a, a software app or is it a tax? What, you know, it just is so compelling. You just want to know more. And okay, that's why so I when, say. It sounds to me like, um, you, and, but we got to take a break in just a minute. We got one minute left, but I oh. want you to talk about, it sounds to me like you really want the investors to tell a story. You know, you, you have to tell it in terms of, of telling a story about your business. It, would you agree with that? Is that something important for the Absolutely. entrepreneur to be doing? Absolutely. You have to solve a real-world problem, and you have to be able to say that and explain that in about 30 seconds. Otherwise, as far as I'm concerned, investors are like, well, I don't care. I mean, it is so that first impression is so important. Got it. So your investors have severe ADD, and, uh, and they'll tune out rapidly. The first 30 seconds. <laughs> if they're an active investor, they're looking at a lot of deals like me. I look at 30 a week on average. I want to hear a story. I want to hear that somebody's, I want to hear like the world is going to be a better place because there's a real problem and you're solving it. And that's, that to me, that's exciting. Whoa. Because then the conversation knows only about how are you going to solve the problem? Is this a good solution? And are you the right team, the right people to make right, this to happen? do that? Super. All right. Well, we're out of time for our first segment. We need to take a break. But when we come back, I know it goes quickly, doesn't it? (laughs) When when we come back, we're going to talk about how cannabis businesses can make themselves more attractive to investors and also what cannabis businesses can look like, can look at and how to evaluate a potential investor as well. So stay with us. This is Cannabis Solutions presented by Payquick. We'll be right back. We'll bring you more Cannabis Solutions after this. Do you want to get in on the booming cannabis industry? With new frontier data, we give industry insiders the power of big data analytics to help navigate this rapidly growing and changing landscape. New Frontier's tools help you make critical decisions based on the facts. Our industry analyst reports reveal the best opportunities, Our custom research engagements deliver answers to the most difficult questions. And our cutting-edge big data platform, Equio, puts real-time information and answers you need right at your fingertips. Go to www.equio.io and sign up for your free membership today. That's E-Q-U-I-O.io to sign up now. The power of real-time big data is now in your hands. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild. Mindful of sustainable practices and limiting their environmental footprint, Sansal hemp is always grown outdoors, as nature intended. By starting with uniform genetic profiles, Sansal ensures the plant will maintain its optimal performance and yield consistently throughout its life cycle. It is through innovative processes that Sansal is able to achieve pure whole hemp extracts, and meet industry requirements and the level of quality desired by many of their customers. Healthy plants, healthy people. SansalCBD.com. Improve your lifestyle naturally. 
the next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. From dabs to chibas, sativas to indicas, we roll out a whole concentrate of fresh new content every week. It's like going from the greenhouse to the dispensary. CannabisRadio.com Cannabis Solutions, presented by PayQuick, is back to help your cannabis thrive. Only on CannabisRadio.com Welcome back. I'm Kenneth Burke, and this is Cannabis Solutions, presented by PayQuick. Today, we're with Francis Prisnar, the Chief Mentor and Senior Vice President and Chief Sustainability Officer for the ArcView Group. We're talking about investing in cannabis businesses and what the businesses can do to attract investors. So, in in your experience, investors investors look for um, in as you mentioned briefly before, good story. Um, world problem. Um, but now I want to ask you what the or look for in the potential investor and how should they evaluate potential investors? Assuming they've got a number of folks knocking at their door or even just a few, what do they look for? What are, what are red flags that should say, wait a minute, maybe I don't want this guy as an investor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to have competing investors for your Opportunity. I, I think that's wonderful, and that does happen sometimes. It's great. And so here's the here's the things that I would recommend. I would look for an investor that understands your sector. A lot of cannabis businesses now are broken down into subsectors. It could be property, real estate, ancillary products, consumer products, etc. Find an investor who's experienced in that sector because that person's going to bring more than money. They're going to bring uh, resources, connections insight into the industry that you're trying to work in. That is so valuable. Uh, The second thing I would recommend is to find an investor who can go long-term. That means if the first round doesn't fulfill all your needs, you need a second round. Try to find an investor with deeper pockets that you can go back to. That is someone that that you have an established relationship with, things are going great, and, and they don't mind dipping into their checkbook and giving you another chunk of money when you need it downstream. That's very important. And then when you think about multiple investors, and I I interpreted this from your question, if you have multiple investors, try to put together a team that works together cohesively with similar expectations Mm -hmm. and outcomes. So like uh, they're looking for an exit or they're looking for a different kind of play. So philosophically, they should somehow be in alignment. I hope everybody has this problem. It's a rare problem, but if you have multiple um, opportunities to select an investor, those are some things I would look for. And what about, um, I have two more questions along those lines. Um, okay. What about a, a, a red flag where a guy, he wants to invest in your company but, and, but, and you don't have other people, so you don't have the, the, the luxury of having multiple people throwing money at you. You've got one guy throwing money at you, but what would tip you off to think, you know what, I actually don't even want to take money from this guy. 
Yeah. Well, let's clarify one thing. It's just like about a 50-50 chance it's a woman and not just a guy. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's yeah, make okay. sure. This person, let me politically <laughs> make correct. sure those women this know person. that their money's yes. as good as anybody else's. I'm going to apologize yeah. right now to Cheryl Schumann ahead of time. <laughs> so, yes, this person. Well, yeah. So this person, listen, here is my feeling. This is a really tough situation because if you feel... If you feel like this is the only opportunity you're going to have for money, I would say step away. Even because, look, right now there are more investors than there are good deals. So I would just just do a, a reality check and say, look, I don't feel good about this person, and step away. That's, Trust that, your I mean, that's my advice. Yes, you have to go. This is really the tough thing for founders and entrepreneurs. They have to own every decision. And you know, sometimes you've got to make a bad decision to appreciate what a good one is. But when you're talking about your your, your baby, that's a life term, that's a long term life. I mean, that, that is for life. Now I- Right, you're gonna, you're gonna have a long term relationship with this person. Right. And I would also recommend that you research the investor. Um, mm-hmm. Google them background checks, whatever you need to do. And if you find out that this guy who wants to give you money has been embroiled in litigation on the last four deals that he invested in, that's going to be a big red flag there as well. All right. Right. Of course, Ken, you're right. All of that stuff needs to be done. But I thought we were talking about the chemistry. Like you just didn't like this person or if there's communication issues or even something subtle, like they don't like get your sense of humor. I know that sounds silly, but let me tell you, business is stressful. And when it's, when it's time to deal with the stress, it's a lot better to work with someone that you get along with than not. Right. So, well, that apply, and that applies to your partners, too, and who you're absolutely. doing business with, no doubt. Uh, yeah. So now that you, you've, you've got somebody and you, and you feel good about them and, and they haven't been embroiled in litigation in their last four deals – and you start talking to them about a, a, a term. Sounds like you have experience there, Ken. No, I don't. I just, you know, I've been a lawyer for 29 years, and so I've, I've oh. seen a lot. Okay. So, so you like this guy. So now, it, you know, it comes down to dollars and cents and, mm-hmm. you know, how much money you need from the person and how big a stake in your company are you going to give up and how you're going to structure that investment. Talk a little bit about how cannabis businesses are valued and then structure, I know a popular one these days is uh, using a convertible note. So if you can then yeah. go into that, and if we have to take a break, we'll finish the rest after the break. Well, well, certainly the, the forms of investment vary. So everything that is out there in the literature exists in the cannabis industry, everything from a loan to an equity play. And so you just have to, if you're the, if you're the founder, if you're the owner, you have to decide what's gonna work for you. There are some investors that only want equity plays. And so you may be offering a note and somebody comes to you with a counter, which is like, you know, I'm not going to participate unless I can own something. So my advice to the entrepreneur is just be prepared and never say no, because no in this business really means not now. I'm not ready. And then you asked about valuations. I want to make a joke here, which is uh, they come from a random number generator. But that's not true. Um, the pre, pre-revenue money is always tough. 
And so my advice to the entrepreneurs, and I see a lot of this, is you should always have a story to tell. You should always have an explanation. If you're not making money, you can't have discount uh, cash flow analysis. You can't have anything. But if you have an analog, they say, this is like another business, and here's how they were valued, and this is what happened to them. That's at least a story to tell. Right. I like entrepreneurs who, who are aggressive in valuing their company because that, to me, signals that they're confident. But let me tell you, I, I've got about 30 cannabis deals myself. I don't pay the sticker price. I don't know a serious investor who does. Every, every conversation is a negotiation as long as you're honest about it and you have a basis or reason for it. So to the entrepreneurs, be prepared to negotiate. To the investors, don't pay the sticker price if you don't like it. Talk about it. Right. That's what it's all about. Sorry. And discuss it. No, that's fine. I, th I think that's just fine. And I, I think there's even some um, alternative structures that I want to talk about for just a minute that allow mm -hmm. you some flexibility in that regard. And that's a convertible promissory note. So it's uh, it's an investment that's structured initially as a loan, but on the happening of, of um, right. certain events, then mm -hmm. the, the loan is converted to an equity investment and you can have multiple valuation structures, like a discounted structure uh, achieved in the, in the ensuing round. So can you talk a little bit about those and maybe typical terms that, that you've seen in a convertible note? Sure, sure. And, and just to remind um, the people who are listening, when we talked earlier about the documents that you needed in order to get you know, to talk to investors, if you're going to go with a note, you better have your note your promissory note document prepared. Nobody wants to see that after you've already talked about things. You should say, here it is, and have it ready. So the convertible promissory note is essentially a, a loan, okay? It's a loan, and usually have terms. The terms, minimum terms would be an interest rate, a period on which the interest is due. Could be a year, could be longer. I've seen different things. The interest rate can vary. I'm seeing 6 to 10%, but I've seen as high as 18% for some deals, which sounds pretty good. In order to do that, the investor will want to know what the valuation cap is because when the note becomes converted, there's an opportunity for it to turn into shares. Is that what you were talking about, Ken? Yeah, and the ones I've seen have typically turned into shares upon the next closing of the next financing round, and you get a mm -hmm. discount um, valuation. Right. So maybe a, your, your valuation is discounted by 20%. So the note converts at an eight, at 80% of what the valuation is in the next round that a, a ceiling on it. So for example, it, the valuation is going to be 80% of the next round's valuation, but not greater than say $10 million or whatever that happens to be to protect your note holders a bit. See, Ken, this is why they ask me questions, but you already know the answers. Why do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Remember, the first thing they teach you in law school is don't ask a question that you don't already know the answer to. Well, you know what's nice is at least we agree we're not arguing. So. <laughs> right. All right, so listen, we need to take a break. All right. We'll be right back. We're here with Francis Prisnar from the ArcView Group, and we've been talking about the do's and don'ts of investing in cannabis, in cannabis businesses. This is Cannabis Solutions presented by PayQuick. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We'll bring you more Cannabis Solutions after this. 
Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say Wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the Seed to Sale Show, January 31st and February 1st at the Colorado Convention Center in Denver. Register now at www.seedtosaleshow.com or 888-409-4418. The NCIA Seed to Sale Show, the largest cannabis business event to be held in Denver, will host over 2,000 cannabis professionals and focus on innovations and technology in cultivation, infused products and extraction, and sales strategies. The show will recognize the best in the industry with the Cannovation and Canatech Awards. Register before January 6th for $100 savings at SeedToSaleShow.com. Use the code RADIO15 for an additional 15% off. Plan your experience now for the NCIA Seed to Sale Show, January 31st and February 1st. SeedToSaleShow.com or 888-409-4418. Everyone deserves the medicine they need. Aaron's premium CBD essentials and CBD nectar products are made from plant-based organic ingredients, grown and processed in the United States. Our unique formula of coconut oil and coconut water, infused with CBD oil, is ideal for all skin types and provides maximum relief. Aaron's essentials was formulated by 9-11 first responder and stage 4 cancer survivor Aaron Sieber. As a cannabis connoisseur, Aaron began making and using his own lab-tested medicinal cannabis products to help relieve the side effects of his rigorous cancer treatments. Visit www.cannosaurbrands.com for more information on Aaron's Essentials and learn how you can pay it forward. That's C-A-N-N-A-I-S-S-E-U-R brands.com. Keep your cannabis cravings under control. Feed your mind with CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis Solutions, presented by PayQuick, is back to help your cannabis thrive. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. This is Cannabis Solutions, presented by PayQuick. I'm Kenneth Burke, and we're here today with Francis Prisnar from the ArcView Group. We've been talking about investments and the do's and don'ts. Uh, for entrepreneurs of taking investors and how to go about it. And I, w- I want to focus on very early stage companies right now and looking at friends and family. What's your view and, and what are some of the traps for the unwary when you're going to take a check from Uncle Bob? Okay, well, great question because I've been Uncle Bob a number of times and I can tell you that it's helpful to have an Uncle Bob who is experienced and is willing to risk only money that Uncle Bob can afford to lose. Most investors, institute, not institutional, but angel investors, accredited investors who are not friends and family, expect the entrepreneur to have 
searched every source possible before they go outside of family, friends and family. So I would say do, definitely do it because you need to be able to say straight face that you put your own money in for sure. We didn't talk about that, but you, know, you, you have to have a lot of skin in the game. And then you went to all your friends and family because that means you're giving your friends and family an opportunity to get in on something good that you truly believe is wonderful. So it's like a gift to them. Got it. And they and you you do as you get to more accredited investors and angel investors, they're going to want to see how much skin in the game you have, how much the uh, the initial founders have put in, and that in addition to time, but in in cash, um, they, you really need to uh, have put in a substantial amount of money yourself, because then they know that you're that you're committed to it than they are. So for the entrepreneurs out there, be, be, be prepared yourselves to write a, a substantial check to get the business going before you're looking at any third-party investors that aren't friends and family. Exactly. Exactly. I just want to tell people that one of the companies I launched that, thank God, was successful was based upon my IRA. And I just think about this. Those of you who are saving money for retirement, how many of you are willing to spend everything? and be all in for your business. If you do that, you're going to be demonstrating commitment. I'm not saying you should do it. You're going to be impressed that you got it all on the line. Got it. Agreed. Absolutely agree. All right. So we just went through an election, um, and we know that the ArcView Group is uh, very famous for forecasting and forecasting growth in the industry and what's going to happen in the in the cannabis industry. So in light of the recent election and in light of, you know, and I understand you, uh, Mr. Trump and uh, you don't always know what he's going to say next uh, and, and his appointment of Jeff Sessions, what do you foresee for the cannabis industry, you know, in the next 12 to 24 months? Okay, well, you know, because I'm based in Washington, D.C., I get this question a lot. And so I'm going to tell you what I usually tell folks, and then we'll get into some more detail. My feeling is that with this administration coming in, the country is going to need to medicate more than ever. I think there's going to be a lot more use of marijuana. And I think that's good for business, okay? I think what you're trying to get at here, Ken, is the industry because yeah. it is already a huge industry. It's a $50 billion plus business if we, okay, the legal business. I don't think this is my prediction. And again, I say this to a lot of people. I think if anything is going to happen going forward, we are going to see common business sense. And somebody in the administration is going to look at this and say, oh, look, jobs, taxes, it's happening anyway, and it's the will of the states and the people. So politically, financially, business, there's like there's no negative, except there could be someone's personal point of view. about. But I don't think that's going to last. I think that anyone who's committed to this industry is going to see it through. This is, it's a lot more legal today than it was 10 years ago, and things were happening 10 years ago. Also, there's a way to play the market without running a lot of legal risk, and that's something I, we could talk about. Well, it is something that, that PayQuick does uh, because we're a mm-hmm. compliance platform that truly enables legal marijuana commerce and it enables uh, banks and financial institutions to provide regular checking accounts to marijuana businesses through our compliance platform. Uh, and and mm-hmm. so that's I completely agree with you. I, I don't think the industry is, is going away. I think there's too many jobs and too much tax revenue involved, particularly now with adult use marijuana becoming legal in California. 
California that um, if Mr. Sessions, you know, tried to to backtrack on the coal memo or the FinCEN guidance, I think the the pushback and the repercussions from the states who would face losing, you know, tens of millions of dollars in tax revenue is or potentially hundreds of millions of dollars overall in tax revenue is going to be so tremendous that it's just it's not going to happen. I don't think they're going to get the toothpaste back in the tube at this point. Right. And like, and like, as we all know, why would we push, why would anyone push this back into a black market? Because that's what would happen. That's just not right. a good idea at, at any level. I agree. I absolutely agree. All right. Any final advice for our listeners? Yeah, there's, there's a lot. Okay. So th- these are investors and entrepreneurs. I just want you to be aware of a couple of things. Uh, number one, always work in a group. Don't go it alone. And so if uh, there are groups like ArcView, investor groups and entrepreneur groups, and there's a lot to learn. So don't be in a rush. Okay, take your time. I wrote a paper last year called What I Tell Friends Who Asked Me, Should I Invest in Marijuana? The answer is no, because there's still a lot of uncertainty. But if you're interested, there's a lot of resources that you can go to. And then a couple of things about the market. Assume the price of cannabis is going to drop a lot because there's increased production. So if I'm investing, I would look for opportunities to account for that in industrial agriculture, like supplements and things to get maximum benefit and yield. I'm not giving investment advice. I'm just telling about some trends. Mm-hmm. I would also look for um, emerging brands, emerging brands that are riding the wave like a cannabis wave. So if you look at what are big waves happening in our economy, there's still an environmental movement. There's still a women's big movement. So anything that branded that will appeal to multiple streams, currents like fashion, women's fashion, I think is going to be big as under, underestimated. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing I want to mention is that home growing is probably going to be huge because it's legal and that's a lot of business. Millions and millions of customers now can buy and grow at home that couldn't just a few weeks ago. That's bad. And then the last thing I want to say is that every entrepreneur is a hero. And every hero that you know has a mentor. And so get a mentor. Great advice. Francis, thank you so much. We've been joined by Francis Prisnar from the ArcView Group. This is Canna Business Solutions presented by PayQuick. I hope you found the show to be useful and insightful. You can download episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you next time. opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.